Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up right after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. Ken, you've lost some weight. Have you been working out? Uh, No, but I've been getting worked over by the IRS and my wallet's like pounds and pounds lighter. I might, I might, it should have had my pocket pick. It would have been the same thing. No, if you'd had your pocket pick, you'd have nothing to show for it. Our taxes are wonderful. They bring us roads, schools, environmental protection laws. John, and missiles, invasion, subsidies for tobacco growers, of all things. Well, nothing is certain except death and taxes. Death, taxes, and the philosophy talk discussion of taxes, right after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the lovely studios of KALW 91.7, Information and Innovative Radio for San Francisco. But we like to imagine ourselves seated in Philosopher's Corner, a shady nook on the campus of Stanford University. Uh, Philosopher's Corner, that sounds pretty nice, John. You know, I think I might have to camp out there in a tent after what the IRS has done to me. Well, if you're going to camp out there to avoid paying taxes, I, I'll be able to turn you in and get 10% of what you owe. That's pretty cool. John. <laughs> There's no getting away from it, uh, Ken. Taxes are part of life. But should they be? What philosophical issues do taxes raise? Well, it's a big philosophical issue f- uh, for me. The question is, what right does the government have to uh, tax you at all? I mean, it seems to me, arguably, like a kind of theft, just an Ill- illegitimate conf- confiscation of what's yours. Oh, Ken, that's that's so, so libertarian of you. I mean, <laughs> well, uh, taxes are just uh, fees for service. The government provides us all kinds of good things. Take a bridge toll. You drive across the Dumbarton Bridge, it cuts down your driving time. Who built the bridge? The government. Why shouldn't they charge you a couple bucks to drive over it? Okay, well that's a, that's all right. I mean, there's a, I I'm willing to pay a fee for a service. I mean, I you know I pay for my telephone, I pay for a cable TV, I pay for all kinds of things. I'm willing to pay for a fee for service. I do wish though that maybe the government didn't have a monopoly on providing those services so I could get them at a better price. Well, uh, if you look at places where the governments have monopoly and and then given it up, like electrical generation and stuff, I don't think that's a very good idea. But but that's not our topic. Our topic is taxes. And I'll just put forward the claim. Taxes are a great thing. They're just fees for service. Bridge tolls, gasoline taxes are a model for the whole system. Property taxes pay for the service the state provides in schools, local roads, sewer systems. Even the income tax uh, keeps Arnold Schwarzenegger from making more movies. Uh, he's the governor of California, for those of you who've been asleep for the last year or so. Well, you've cited federal one in, good Federal income the taxes pay for national parks. You've cited one good of the tax system, <laughs> keeping Arnold uh, otherwise employed. But look, I'm going to make it admit I'm kind of an indoor guy. I've never been to a national park in my life, so why should I pay for it? But you know what you're doing? You said income taxes, property taxes. You're lumping together all kinds of disparate things. Taxes that... Pay for services that I enjoy. I'm willing to pay for those. But, you know, the income tax, it takes my money. They do with it what they want. Whether or not I get any benefit out of it, why, why should the government be able to do that to me? But 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 you, you, it's a representative democracy. It's not no taxation without representation. You get, you get to vote for the California representatives that go back there and get beat by people from other states. Look, I always uh, vote for the guy who says no, no taxes, and I always lose. So it's your representative, not mine, you know. I don't. 
Well, I guess, Ken, philosophically, we can say two questions, really. What justifies any scheme of taxation at all? Is it just theft? And if we got past that one, then we might ask, well, what's, what's the best scheme? For example, is a flat tax better than a progressive tax? We'll have to explain those terms to some people, but there's been a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of talk about that. There's another one. You've missed one. Because you can just not pay. You can just not give the government your money. Indeed, our roving philosophical reporter, Amy Standen, this week has found someone who has that philosophy. Well, just don't give it to them. Okay, well, here's a letter. This will be memory lane for me. Susan Quinlan will not be paying her taxes this year. She stopped paying taxes in the 80s and started writing letters, like this one. April 10th, 1986. Oh, look at it. It's even got white out. This was pre-computer, I guess. I would like to explain to you why I'm refusing to pay the federal income tax for 1985. To put it simply, most of the money which you collect from taxpayers each year is used for military purposes, which I oppose on political as well as ethical grounds. While federal spending Each year, is also Quinlan calculates how much she'd owe in taxes and writes checks totaling that amount to a range of nonprofits. It's not that she refuses to pay, it's that she refuses to contribute to the roughly five to seven hundred billion dollars the federal government spends on the military each year. I will certainly get questions about, well, what about the roads? Don't you use the roads? My answer to that is that I do redirect my taxes, where 50 percent of the money that they send to the government goes for roads and schools and parks and all those things. A hundred percent of mine does. I've funded public transportation projects. I've funded things that um, touch on pretty much any aspect of what the government's doing. So I feel like I'm paying um, toward those things more effectively than I would be if I were giving the money to the government. And that doesn't satisfy everyone, but it satisfies me. I don't feel like I'm a freeloader who's getting away with something. So the obvious question is, why hasn't Quinlan been caught? About 10 years ago, she thought she had been. Somebody showed up at my door, a couple of agents. They said, you need to make an appointment and come in and bring your records and make payment plans. And at that point, as a mother of young children, I'm thinking, this is it, you know, the final showdown. I'm going to go to prison and leave my poor children. And maybe I'm not going to be strong enough to do it. So I went down to the Oakland Federal Building and had written statements saying, I refuse to cooperate. I'm not going to pay for war. They had sent me a little taxpayer's Bill of Rights brochure, and it said, if you do not cooperate, you may be uh, sent along for federal prosecution. So when I said to the agent that I wasn't going to cooperate, she said, well, then we're just going to have to send your name along for federal prosecution. And I said, well, actually, your brochure said you may, which means that you could just not do that, which would be really great. She said, well... That's not what's going to happen. You're going to be prosecuted. And I said, okay, then I guess I'll just deal with that when it comes. And then I waited, you know, with a good deal of anxiety and kind of trying to think of all the possibilities and how to deal with what would come. But they didn't follow through. So perhaps at this very moment, somebody's walking up our front steps right now, ready to do it again. But um, it hasn't happened again. For Quinlan, the worry is worth it. She simply won't pay taxes to a government that she says doesn't represent her. I don't think that democracy means you always get your way. But right now, the way that our government operates is so far from representing the vast majority of people in this country. 
I feel that vortex resistance and redirection is a crucial part of my behaving democratically. I do vote, but I'm not willing to say, okay, there, I did my share, now I can live my own personal life and, and let those people take care of things, because it's very clear that they aren't taking care of things. Quinlan's a member of the Northern California War Tax Resistance, which represents hundreds of people who resist and redirect their taxes each year. She's often asked whether she's scared, scared of prison, scared of the IRS, scared of getting caught. Quinlan says it's a matter of perspective. I've done human rights work in Central America, sort of during the worst of the repression down there, where the fear is that their family's going to be slaughtered at night because of them speaking out at a rally or something. I mean, our fears are within a certain sphere that I can handle. Very few people have gone to prison for war tax resistance, but that doesn't mean it couldn't change and, and they might start doing that. I can live with that. If I were, you know, in Guatemala organizing trade unions and it meant that I might cause the death of my children because of my activism, that fear might be too much for me. But the fear of the IRS, Getting scared is one thing, but backing off is another. This is Amy Standen for Philosophy Talk. You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.